Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the life they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa to failing multiple startups yet learning a whole lot to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant, I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast, from Google executives to Amazon, Microsoft, Forbes Technology Council, Harvard, Financial Times, and even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Happy Omusui. Happy is a Christian, a motion designer, a public speaker, and a purpose-driven individual. He is interested in impacting lives and being the voice of the voiceless, which has made him volunteer in various programs. Happy has been able to achieve awards in public speaking contests, as well as debate tournaments, and he believes in teamwork, effective communication, and participating in fast-rising and innovative companies and organizations such as the Mo- the Three Swap and VFI. Happy, how are you today? Hello, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's a great opportunity to be part of this. It's a big pleasure and a big honor to be part of this. Thank you. For me as well, I'm so happy to have you here. And this is how I want to begin asking you about public speaking or communication. How do you think about it? What is your process of imagining what is it to be a good public speaker? How do you prepare? Do you have some metaphors that help you think and perform better? What is your approach and method? Okay, to me, I think being a public speaker is just about critical thinking. That's a simple and basic way to put it. It's just about critical, critical thinking. Not all public speakers are good public speakers. Not everyone is. Not everyone is the best at actually. Not everyone was born the best. Everyone just grew to be a great public speaker. The likes of Les Brown, the likes of Dorothy. Every one of them just grew to be great public speakers because they were able to manage the butterflies in their belly. They were able to think creatively. They were able to think innovatively and out of the box. So I think the best metaphor for public speaking is critical thinking. Thank you. I love that answer. And do you believe, because there are two schools of thought, that public speaking is something that when you train the techniques and you know the subject, you can just improvise and do everything without any preparation? Or do you believe that it's a preparation that makes public speaking possible, excellent, and effective? Actually, preparation matters a lot. Preparation does a very nice thing. It actually matters a lot. But 
there's a particular stage a public speaker gets to that preparation becomes secondary and not primary any longer because it's all about how you develop yourself how what level you develop yourself how you're able to think and process things fast because in a matter of competitions a lot of public speakers sometimes they don't need to like prepare again because they've actually realized they've actually prepared themselves they've actually themselves internally so whenever you see them outside they already bring out what has been inside of them so i actually public speaking is not just it's about preparation but preparation sometimes it matters when you've, you are, you're just starting so preparation is actually something that matters when you are just starting preparation only affects you when you are just starting but a lot of people have developed themselves that whereby when they speak to a large crowd they answer questions they talk articulately without even stuttering because they prepare themselves internally so what i mean by this is that preparation starts internally that's how a lot of people do i really really love that answer and look we're involved with fast rising organizations and startups and a lot of entrepreneurs especially either those who are technically minded or even makers and builders want to improve and need to improve their communication so that they will stand out in the marketplace, make their mark, and be unique and heard. So two things. How, what's your advice that you learned from your experience in order to communicate in a way that is different, that gets attention, as well as, well, what is to you marketing as a form of communicating as the the value of the product the, the business and the company okay what I, what i feel that makes me stand out in case of marketing or in case of whatever i can do is just that what makes me unique is the fact that i i actually i actually think beyond the box that's what makes me unique like I most times, wherever I get to or whatever I see myself doing, most times I love to think unique. So most times when I get to all these companies, all these startups or fast rising projects, what's making me even go to a particular level because I tend to like think outside the box. I don't want to follow the norm. I don't want to follow the particular things people do or a lot of people my age do. So to put it like that. So I, most times what I do in terms of marketing that I bring myself out. I don't limit myself at all. I, in case I'm amongst people of older age, older generations, or older minds, to, be, to put it like that, what I do is that I tend to like bring out my own intellect. I never undermine myself. That's actually something I do to bring myself out or in every organization I get to. How can someone become like that and similar to you? How can someone or a person in this world, you know, become someone who thinks critically or doesn't or thinks outside of the box or of the book and all that okay so my best advice to anyone who actually wants to like be a better version of themselves is that you just need to like bring yourself out you just need to not limit yourself at all you don't need to limit yourself out believe in yourself believe in yourself a great man once said he said even if others don't believe in you show that you bought it because everyone wants to see particular results no one wants to see that you've been struggling no one wants to see that you've been passing through this or that everyone wants to see particular results so for you to attain a particular level of critical thinking or a particular level of achievement in life what i say is that believe in yourself even if the world says no even if the world says it's impossible even if everybody are against you even your parents even your siblings even people around you even if they're against you what i believe 
is that you just need to believe in yourself because if you can believe in yourself, then you can actually achieve it. Like someone actually told me once, he said, if you can envision it, then you can actually see it. So it all depends on your mentality. It all depends on your mind, how you are able to think. Your thinking matters because most times your thinking limits your abilities. Your thinking limits your capabilities. Your thinking limits your capacity. So actually what I think for everyone to get a level in life, it actually matters on how you believe in yourself and your critical thinking, your mindsets, your mentality. I really adore this. I love it. And tell me about you being the voice of the voiceless. What does that mean? How did you do it? And why is it important for you? When I when I see being a voice of the voiceless, wow, I actually, <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm really sure you're able to like go through that. So what I mean by being the voice of the voiceless, what I mean is I'm able to speak out for the world. I'm able to speak out for the younger generations. I'm able to speak out for those who don't have a word of their own. I'm able to speak out for people of like minds. I'm able to speak out for people that, that have this vision, that have this idea, that have this um, ability to be great, but they don't have the enabling environment, they don't have the support they need. So I'm actually that voice that speaks to them. I'm actually that voice that uses my rhythm, that uses my own voice to encourage them, to make them know that there is a future, to make them know that they can actually become people in life, to make them know that it doesn't matter where they are, what matters is what they are going to or where they are going to, what matters is where they meet themselves in life. It doesn't matter if your background is down, it doesn't matter if you are um, from a poor background, it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is where you're going, what matters is who you become. So that's actually why I came about the voice of the voiceless, whereby I, I tend to like encourage people, I tend to like make them think beyond the books, I tend to make them see their capacities, I tend to make them see that indie potential in them. That's what I mean by being the voice of the voiceless. I like that and I like how much you care about people and it seems that people are very important for you. I would like to ask you for your advice specifically for networking to a lot of the founders and makers and startup creators. They're not really good at networking and at building relationships and connections with new people. You, for example, what is your method to make new alliances, new friends, to connect with a person beyond the superficial. If you were to describe it in a step-by-step, because, you know, a lot of um, founders like that step-by-step process of how to begin networking effectively and building relationships with people that are not shallow or superficial. Okay, actually, actually, um, my step-by-step method is I create a kind of conversation. What I do is that for me to like network in a place I've never been to, for me to network in a place I'm just been there for the first time, what I do is that I create a kind of conversation or a kind of aura around me that makes you see me as a friend, that makes you see me as a brother, that makes you see me as someone you've met before or someone you've been in a close relationship to. So the first step is that you create a kind of aura around people wherever you go, wherever you live. You can you create a kind of aura around yourself that makes them feel comfortable around you, that they kind of raise the conversation whenever they're around you. So that's the first step I do. Then the second step is I allow them to talk. I give them um, the ability or the chance, the time to talk. 
So most times I listen to them, most times I want to learn from, from them. Even if I know what they do, even if I know better than they do, even if I'm a little bit higher than what they do, I tend to like give them that opportunity to speak, say their mind, hear their voice. So that actually brings about a kind of um, networking system. So because most times if I'm just talking about myself, talking about this, talking about what I've done, talking about where I've been at, it won't create a kind of relationship amongst us or amidst those people I just met for the first time. So it will actually bring about a case where I'm just feeling myself or I'm just bringing myself out to them. So they would not be able to like talk about themselves or talk about where they've been at or who they are or where they are actually think to be at. So what I do is that the second step is that I create a kind of um, an opportunity for them to speak. That's it. So the third thing I do is that after I've created a kind of opportunity for them to speak, what I do is that we exchange contacts, we um, we um, connect on different areas of um, our occupation. We tell each other where we've been at. We tell each other what we've done. We tell each other um, better opportunities that can actually rise from each of us connecting. So there's a, there's a, a ability to build a lot of relationships and a lot of things so far and network at the highest capacity. How do you do that? Because you spoke about internally and how communication, public speaking is more internal. How do you create an aura of being someone that they have known before? Do you imagine they are uh, like their face is your friend or family member? Or how do you approach it practically? What? Can you recap that? I didn't hear that. Uh, you you spoke. I uh, like. What is your technique in order to uh, feel like people? You have the aura of someone they already know. You know. Oh oh oh. <laughs> so actually, for for me to create that kind of aura, I let me see. For me to create that kind of aura of people feeling like um someone they already know, like I smile. I show them love. I tend to bring that warmth feeling for them. Like I, I show them that I'm, I'm someone that is actually open because there are times your body language matters. So this is how I create that aura through my body language. My body language matters. Like that's how I've been able to create that unique aura around me. Because most times the way you relate to your family, most times it depends on your body language. Because the way you relate to your family, your friends, your um, relations are on different levels. So what actually boosts this relationship most times is your attitude, your behavior, your body language, and how you accept people into your life. So that's what I do to create a kind of aura around me. Like I adjust my body language to place to a, to a system or um, a particular environment whereby it can accept people. And there's a way you adjust your body language that people around you even notice a particular change in you. They notice a particular feeling around you. They notice a particular warmth around you. That's what creates a particular aura. Because most times you see a lot of people, they just bone their faces, they just squeeze their faces, they frown a lot. But this is actually something I don't love to do. So what I do is that I create a kind of um, friendly body language that actually brings a kind of lovely aura around me. So that's how I've been able to like connect on different levels. Thank you. And a lot of people think about communication as a logical argument or even debating. What do you feel since you're speaking about emotions, the role of emotions in communication and in good communication? Is it 50%? Is it 90%? Uh, 
what is the role and can someone be totally illogical but highly positively emotional and be more effective or what is your approach yeah um, i think that the role of um emotion in communication actually plays yes very high role. so it actually is very high role. so what i do is that most times emotions play about 70% in everything you do in your communications emotions play about 70% is actually very important because your emotions influence whatever you do wherever you go because most times a lot of people in a lot of businesses what they do is that they bring their emotions in whatever they do so that's actually most times a lot of businesses um don't dry a lot of businesses quench because if your emotions are not actually maintained or curtailed, it brings about a negative effect. So I believe the impact of emotions in whatever you do is about 70%. So emotions actually affect you in every area, almost every area, if you're not able to curtail it. So emotions bring about a case whereby, for instance, you're in a business, and that particular business, you were told to do a particular thing, but because you felt down and um, at home, or probably your parents, or probably your loved one, or probably your wife, made you angry at home. So that emotion actually transcends into that business. It makes that business unable to be finished. It makes that work you are planning to do unable to be finished or that particular job you are being given unable to be finished. So that's what emotion does. Emotion has a very critical effect on whatever you do, on wherever you go, on whatever you are planning to do. So emotions, I believe, the effect of emotion on whatever we do is about 70%. That's what I think. I love this. And I have to ask you because you learned a lot of things in your life, even now, like motion design and all that. How do you approach learning in order for you to actually develop skill and become competent? A lot of people either only read, but they don't really practice or they learn, but not really going deep, just uh, a shallow level of learning. And it doesn't really develop into high skill. Uh, but also, of course, we live in a world where we, there are like a million things we feel we're supposed to learn. What's your method for learning? How do you approach it? And how do you develop skills? So actually, I really love this question. I'm being serious. This is actually a question I've always loved to answer. I really love this question. So most times, there's this part of last scene whereby we say that, um, uh, how was it said? It said that a master um, a lot of trades and a master of none, something that has been common right now. A lot of trades, a lot of skills, and a master of none. So a lot of another school of thought has come to say that well, you can actually learn a lot and be master of them all. Well, to an, to an extent, I say probably that's right. And to an extent, I say probably a master of none if you keep going into every skill and into every trade. So that's actually something. Those two school of thoughts, I owe them 50 percent. So now this is my own take on these two school of thoughts. So most times a lot of people, they feel that, ah, I need to learn this, I need to learn that, I need to um, learn a particular thing, I need to learn this other thing. You can actually be perfect in everything, but what matters is how you are able to like, keep your time to each every one of them, schedule your, um, schedule your time for every one of them. So that's actually what matters, how you are able to schedule your time for every one of them. It doesn't matter how many skills you learn, but it matters how you're able to break down your time break down your learning capacity break down your practice level for you to be able to be a master of all this skill because you can actually learn thousands dozens of skills and you can never be a master of any one of them if you're not able to practice at a particular level 
if you're not able to engage these skills at a particular level, you'll just be a learner at 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 virtually everything, a learner at virtually everything, because you'll just be one that does this, does that, but you are never prepared in everything. So what I believe that if you're someone that learns slowly, so the best advice is for you to like pick a particular skill, perfect it, even if it's not 100 percent perfect, you make a, a percentage of 70%. Then after you go to the next skill, make a percentage of 70%. But if you're going to the next skill, that doesn't mean you just drop that first skill. What you actually do is that as you're learning the second skill, you're also practicing the first skill. So you discover that the more you keep learning, the more you keep learning, the more you know. And the more you know, the more places you go. And the more places you go, the more your capacity and your knowledge in life. So that's how I've been able to like learn a lot of skills. Thank you. And since being Christian is a very important part of your identity, how does faith support your productivity and success have you had situations where you felt there was like divine intervention or something bigger that helped you succeed rather than your own effort and how does that make a part of who you are hmm. wow 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 i love this question wow this this will be so most times um actually I love being on a safe side whenever I bring religion into whatever I do, because there's a particular school of thought that believe um, there's no, there's not, there's nothing religion does to them. There's nothing religion does. But what I believe is that they're supernatural things. They're supernatural beings. They're actually things that control the world we are in. They're actually things that control um, whatever we do in life. So most times, what you believe in actually works for you. What you put your mind in actually works for you. So there are a lot of times that I've done a lot of things and I, I have felt like I can never get this particular thing. I can never be at this particular level, but I see a particular um, intervention in whatever I do. Most times a lot of people might say it's luck. Yeah, luck matters. But see, there's a relationship you create, you create with the spirit within. There's a relationship you create with the God you serve. There's a relationship you create with the deity you serve. And that transcends to whatever you do. Because most times, a reflection of whatever you do or the God you worship or the deity you worship transcends to whatever you do in life. That relationship transcends to whatever you do in life. That relationship transcends to whatever thing you are um, able to like bring about in life. So I believe there's a supernatural intervention in most times, whatever I do. There are a lot of times I never imagined to get to a particular place, but I just get a supernatural intervention. Thank you. This is so interesting. And it was an enriching conversation. Happy. It's absolutely wonderful. You have a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight. And if people want to learn more about you to communicate with you, what are the best social media for them to do that? And I will write some in the description. Okay, if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn at almost we are or I share my LinkedIn profile. And also you can also connect to, with me on Instagram at almost we are or you connect with me on Facebook at almost we are So these are mostly the platforms I use for connections. Thank you very much for this opportunity. You're Thank welcome, you. and you should join Twitter because a lot of people who are <laughs> oh, similar yeah. to us, you know, <laughs> their Twitter is the place to be. Thank you so much. I wish you a wonderful day. Happy and this was great. Thank you.